All right, guys, so we're going to probably spend, like I said, three, possibly four weeks on looking at the Hebrew Israelites. Um, really, really, can't, this is part of, really, I have had the time to do this because I've been off work. It took a lot of time, so I thought, well, I need to take advantage of this. Imagine. <laughs> so Shiloh asked me to do it here a few months ago. I know Angela's asked, just different people have asked, which... It's a cult. We need to. Not a lot of people deal with it, so I think it's very important. Um, some of the reasons it's important. I think we should do this. When you think about a cult like Mormonism, for example, um, from what I hear, back when that when that teaching sprang up, the church remained largely silent on it for a long time. It began small. Now it's worldwide. Um, other could be true with other cults as well. <laughs> if you were to like talk to them on the street and say, hey, how do you identify yourself? Would they identify themselves as a black Hebrew Israelite or what would they say they are? Yeah, they're, they're, they would identify, and, and that question will be answered as we go, but yeah, they're the, they're the true Israelites. That they would say like true Israelites? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it, so that's, that's one reason it's important we need to address it with the church. Nobody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Really, that's why when I first started seeing them down in Bricktown, um, I thought, well, I've got two options here, because I, I was preaching at that place long before they came, and um, and so I thought, well, I can either, we can either just leave, just let them have the area, or can stand up to them in the sense of preaching the gospel to them, kind of confronting them, because I didn't see anybody else doing it, and so that's... Really, me personally, why I decided to, and I'll and I'll speak more of that as we go, kind of like my personal experience with them. But the church needs to stand up to error. That's basically the bottom line because it's it damns souls. Yeah. That's these kind of groups damns souls. So I, so I will say this, guys. We're, we'll look at a lot of teachings on this that'll make us laugh, and I'll probably laugh right there with you because sometimes that's the only thing you can do. But just remember that it's. You know, deep down, it's so I'm not gonna like get on you if you laugh because I laugh too. But it's, it's deep down, it's not funny because these are really these are people made in the image of God, and they're they're going to hell, and it's just it's deceiving more people. It's deceiving a certain group of people. That we'll talk about. Um, I will say this: that there have through, through different ministries that I listen to, primarily my sources throughout this will be a guy named Bocab Malone. Some of you guys have heard of him. He's a street apologist. He deals with he deals with a lot of the cults. He's on YouTube. Um, you want information from him? I've been listening to him for years. So he is he is the expert on Hebrew Israelites. Um, a guy that's uh, down in Dallas area named Chris Williams on Facebook. He, he goes by K Dub. And he and he is a black gentleman, by the way. And he uh, solid brother. He deals with them as well. He de- he works. Along with vocab, and there's some other guys too. Those are really my two primary sources with a lot of this. And then just watching videos of them because that's really where you—they don't have like, you know, like with the other cults, you can you can turn to different sources and find like what they believe. And so it's real easy to study on them. These guys don't have nothing like that. Hardly any in writing. You have you have to watch them and listen to them, or listen to guys who deal with them which I've done for like the last several years, for hours and hours and hours, and I've dealt with them myself. So I've, some of the things I've heard them say, I'll, like 
to me. So those are really some of my different sources. I will mention one section, probably in the third, either the third, either the second or the third lesson. I'm going to read some stuff specifically that came out of a book that Vocab Malone wrote. Other than that, I'm not really going to attribute sources to everything because I've written it in my own way. But these are the guys I've gotten a lot of information from. So this first, the first lesson, guys, we're going to, going to deal, I would say, primarily with the with the history of it, where it came from. That's a that's a good question, right? Where did this stuff come from? So before we start, let me pray for us. And we'll get started. Uh, Father God, we thank you for the truth, Lord. Your truth is what sets sets people free, God, from sin and also from error. And so, Father, I just pray, God, that we will um, that your church will benefit from this, Lord. I pray that this will bear fruit, Lord. I pray that you'll help us all, God, to be to just have an idea, Lord, of uh, of this new but not new uh, false teaching, God, that's growing in our in our land. So, Father, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright guys, so this is primarily going to be primarily going to be history today. And then it we'll really get into what they what they teach the next next time, next week, Lord willing. So the first African American teaching this, and when I say this, just just the idea of black Judaism. Okay? Uh, we're gonna go back about 125 years, a little more, was a guy by the name of William Saunders Crowdy. And then this was in Lawrence, Kansas in 1896. I'm going to mention three or four individuals. And so basically what this is, it's a a form of black Judaism, but it's not what it looks like presently. But we'll get to that. Okay? This is just where this stuff started springing up. Um, So this first guy, huh? I said I don't know if I'm spelling it right. Okay. This is actually exactly my thought. William Saunders, S A U N D E R S, Crowdy. And guys, there's a lot of notes Crowdy. if you're taking notes. Crowdy. C R O W D Y. Huh? Uh, Lawrence, Kansas, 1896. And some of this, guys, is hard to come by. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll mention one guy here in a minute, F S Cherry. And some people will say he was the first, but then they'll discover, well, no, actually, this guy came a little before. So. Um, but this guy, William Saunders Crowdy, he said God revealed one day, while in the woods, the ancient plan of salvation taught by Moses and other prophets. <laughs> right? Right. So, so, this, so this ancient plan of salvation that everybody has missed on was revealed to, to this guy one day while he was in the woods. <laughs> we know what Galatians 1 says, right? About there's only one gospel. If anybody comes and preaches another... Um, but as far as ancient plan of salvation, has God ever had a different plan of salvation? Nope. He hasn't, has He? We talk about Genesis 3.15 a lot, right? That God promised the seed that would come from the woman, the Messiah, who would come, crush the serpent's head. All that's a picture of the work on the cross, His resurrection. But look at 2 Timothy 1.9, guys, as well. I'm going to get back to my Bible. Or somebody just read 2 Timothy 1.9 if you don't mind. Well, I tell you what, actually, no, because we're putting this on sermon audio, I want to read it. <laughs> this is not like a normal equipping error. Yeah, let me let me read this, guys. So he's talking about Christ who has saved us, called us. Christ who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. 
not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So the actual, actual gospel, the plan of salvation, goes back <laughs> before the before eternity. If you want to get technical, so God didn't all of a sudden have an ancient plan of salvation to the ancient Israelites. But it, but that's what that's what he says. Another another individual, guys, was Warren Roberson. Warren Roberson. In 1917, he moved this this temple that he led. It was called the Temple of the Gospel of the Kingdom. Okay, he moved this temple that he started in Virginia. He started it in 1900. So in 1917, he moved it to Harlem. As we'll see as we move forward, Harlem is very important. That's that's really where the modern stuff that we see today sprang up. But it goes back all the way back to 1917. Also in 1917, F.S. Cherry established the Church of God in Philadelphia. Now when you say Church of God, there's all kinds of branches of the Church of God. But this, this had flavors of this black Judaism. This teaching that the blacks were the true Israelites. Okay, It was in 1917 in Philly. And, and, it, and, I'll, and I'll just be honest with you guys. It's hard to connect some of these old, old guys, you know, like how they influence one another. But we're going to see all this stuff settles in Harlem. Um, Cherry's doctrine, F.S. Cherry's doctrine, was influenced by both Crowdy and Roberson. Okay, so they're they're influencing one another. All right, you ready for a long name here? In 1919, Chief Rabbi Wentworth Arthur Matthews. If you just want to call him Arthur Matthews, or but Chief Rabbi Wentworth Arthur Matthews founded a group called the Commandment Keepers in Harlem. In 1919. Now, now I, I I couldn't find how, you know, uh, Roberson how he moved this this temple of the gospel of the kingdom to Harlem. I don't know how these guys related to one another, but the commandment keepers. This is one we need to hold on to. This is this is eventually what the modern stuff sprang out of the commandment keepers. And if you've ever seen them on the streets, that's what they boast in. We keep the commandments. And this was in Harlem. In Harlem. We keep the commandments. Have you ever told a lie? <laughs> I, I ask them, have you ever lusted after a woman? I've never, I've never gotten one of them to admit they have. But they talk about keeping the commandments. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about the commandments, really the commandments they're talking about in, a, in the next lesson or two. But, but this, this group was called the Commandment Keepers in 1919. Um, as we'll see here in just a few minutes, eventually disagreements led, led to this this group that, that started in Harlem to, to lead into many different camps, or what we would kind of like we'd call denominations. And as we'll talk about, there's many different camps out there today. Um, so in other words, guys, as we go through this, not all the camps that are out there agree on every little detail. What I'm trying to do is cover a, just a broad... Most of them agree on most of these things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, recent history... So now we're kind of jumping from the 1919 era to more of a recent history. They go by the Hebrew Israelites, okay, not by the black Hebrew Israelites. 
They go by the Hebrew Israelites. If you call them black Hebrew Israelites, they're going to accuse you of being racist. Which is funny because they used to call themselves the black Hebrew Israelites. That's what they went by. But somewhere along the way, when I first started dealing with them, I learned this firsthand, and I've also heard it from others, that why do you call us black? Or because you're black. But they, they say that's a, that's a racial slur. So it's kind of like, think of it this way, guys. We all know the N-word, right? It's a, it's a nasty word. It's a, we would never use that word. I would never use that word to describe an African-American, but, you, but African-Americans use it to, <laughs> with each other. It's kind of the same way. They used to use the term black Hebrew Israelites all the time. That's the way they referred to themselves. And I think maybe sometimes they still do, but, but they, they go by the Hebrew Israelites. So that's, that's just what I call them. I call them the pseudo-Hebrew Israelites. False, because they're not. So they go by the black Hebrew Israelites. So again, this first lesson just some history, some random things that might be helpful. And we'll really get into their doctrine next time. Uh, the, the group that we're going to be talking about, guys, is called One West. It's, they're called One West Hebrew Israelites. Like if you listen to Vocab alone or somebody like that, you'll hear him specifying One West. And so what does that mean? Um, so, th- so what we're talking about, Hebrew Israelites, I'm talking about One West flavor of Hebrew Israelites. They're the type that you see on the streets shouting at people. Which is, that's who we think of most of the time. Because there are other groups who are not One West who actually I've seen on the streets now they didn't, they're not hollering at people they're they're not quite as radical I guess you could say and so the one west what does that mean one west where did that name come from well beginning in it, it began in 1969 at one west 125th street in Harlem so it's an address one west yeah one west one west 125th street in Harlem that's where the one west name comes from it was originally called the School of Torah. The School of Torah. Um, on 5th Avenue in Harlem. So even before it moved to this 1 West, 125th Street, it was on 5th Avenue Street in Harlem, run by a guy named Abba Bivens. He's like the father of this modern movement, Abba Bivens. You notice the word Abba? <laughs> yeah, so there's a little bit of blasphemy right there. But that's the name he went by. I don't remember what his real name is, guys. Bivens. Yeah, Bivens. I think it's Bivens. But it, but anyway, he's the he. Now he's dead now. But he's the guy who started the modern movement. Bivens was first told. Here you go, guys. Here's another vision. Bivens was first told that he was an Israelite by an ex-slave from the south. Um. Oh, no, actually, actually, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself. It's it's the next fellow that had a vision. Um, Bivens, so he's the he's really the father of the modern movement. So he was first told that he was an, an Israelite by an ex-slave in the South. Bivens relocated to New York and joined the commandment keepers. Okay, so he was from the South. He relocated and joined the commandment keepers because he had been given this statement from a slave that he is a, a, a true Israelite. So he joined the commandment keepers under, under this Wentworth Matthews guy that started in 1919. Now, the commandment keepers that started in 1919, they were Old Testament only. They were an Old Testament only black Jewish congregation. Old Testament only. So they didn't even hold to the New Testament. Most of the Hebrew Israelites nowadays, 
even as radical as they are, they're not Old Testament only. There are some out there. I've never dealt with a group that's Old Testament only. But the way I look at it, they might as well be. Because when you when you correct them with the New Testament, I think, right, I've told you all that story um, where I met with one of the leaders or yeah, in the Oklahoma City camp of a, of a One West group. And, and so I kept refuting what he was saying with, with Paul's letters, Galatians, Colossians. And so he finally, and, and this is a guy who claimed that we agreed that the Scriptures are the Word of God. And so, so finally he just said, that's all you Christians can ever do is use Paul. He <laughs> so, wrote a large part of the He wrote, yeah, two, three. <laughs> and so that's what, and that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so he would go by the name of Hezekiah, this guy. But they do quote him when it's convenient. It, when it's convenient, they quote him. And um, and so I said, well, Paul's letters are scripture, are they? And he got real silent. And so finally he answered, no, they're not. So I said, well, why are we meeting? Because <laughs> you were quoting Paul just as much as I was. But anyway, uh, I have not met any Old Testament only, but this commandment keepers, they were Old Testament only. So, so Bivens joined this group. Now, one thing about the commandment keepers that Bivens disagreed with was they fellowship with white Jewish congregations. The commandment keepers, they so they weren't as radical as these guys are now, and so um, so Bivens Bivens so when he joined this group, he actually rejected the Old Testament only teaching, and, and so he started a new school. So he rejected the Old Testament teaching, but what he rejected even more so was their compromise with the whites. Okay, And I was just listening to a guy the other day. He's one of the leaders of one of the big groups nowadays. And he was talking about <laughs> Bivens back then. He said, man, Bivens, he was a radical. He said the Lord's hand was on him. And so what do you mean by that? Basically he was saying this man was full of the Spirit. The Lord's hand was on him. Because he understood that the white man's the devil. So, so that's their idea of the Lord's hand really being on this guy. He wasn't a compromiser like, like the commandment keepers. And so, so Bivens, he rejected the Old Testament only teaching and he rejected even more so that, that they should be you know, uh, fellowshipping with the, with the whites. So we'll talk about the whites more in the future. The, the whites are the Edomites that God hates. Um. And so he rejected these things, started his own school called the School of Torah. The School of Torah. First five books, Bible, the Law, the School of the Law, the School of Torah. Bivens was later considered to be, and this is where it's okay if you chuckle, he was later considered to be John the Baptist, reincarnated. I thought that was Al Sharpton. <laughs> so, anyway, they do believe in reincarnation. So All of them? You know, as far as I know, I think most of them do. I know the one West do. Okay. And I've even, I've even, they've, they've, they've thrown that around when I'm out there. No, the one West, are they? Oh, the Asians. Yeah, yeah, the Hezekiah, that group's one That's West. That's one West? One okay. West, yeah. The one from Tulsa, are they one West? They're one West. Okay. Yeah. They're a small group. Okay. Um, so, so That's he was... so hateful, there we go. Right, yeah. See, because I've, I've met one group that wasn't one West, and they're very friendly, actually. And I probably jumped on them a little sooner than I should have, and realized that they actually say Gentiles can be saved and all this stuff. So it's so anyway. But the one West—that's who—that's who you're going to see primarily. That's these people that are just screaming at people, full of hate, racist to the core. It's it's this one West flavor. 
Speaking of reincarnation, guys, it gets worse than that. And they do believe in reincarnation. Um, and there's other guys that they say things like King David. and it's just, But I, I don't have all that stuff written down. But there was a guy, guys, his name was Jermaine um, Grant. And I forget his um, name that he went by, something like Tazadaka. But his, but his real name was Jermaine Grant. They said he was the Holy Spirit. You know, wow. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Yeah, yeah, you can go look at this guy. Wow. Guess what happened to the Comforter, guys? He died of COVID. Wow. He died of COVID. But they said, oh, no, don't worry, he's going to rise from the dead. So it's just, I'm just saying that's so just the bizarre... But people follow this stuff. So Jermaine Grant, the Holy Spirit died of COVID. So Bivens, so Abba Bivens, the father of this modern movement, he was murdered by Muslims. Real, real often. Now I could not, for whatever reason, I could not find the year. Probably in the probably in the seventies, maybe the early eighties. But he was murdered by Muslims who he was debating on the corner street corner in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. That, that is a fact. I think he got stabbed. That yeah, funny. He got stabbed. Not funny, but like... <laughs> yeah. No, no. I think he got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, see, Abba Bivens was uh, murdered by Muslims. He, he debated. Now, three of his students, guys, which kind of just brings us more into the modern... Three of... Three of his students at that at that school of Torah. So this would have been late sixties, started in sixty nine, probably early seventies. Three of his students, one who go, goes by the name of Ariel, Ariel, Mo, Moshe, and Jacob. The other two names you don't need to worry about that. But that first name, Ariel, he is considered right the modern day leader. And I think he's still alive. There were rumors going around, not like when the last month or two that he died, but then I saw vocab us that he didn't. He didn't really die. So he's an older guy, Ariel. That's just the name he goes by. I believe it's A R A Y A H. If I got that right. Modern leader. Yes. And so he was a student of Abba Bivens. Now this guy that I was watching just the other day, guys, just kind of brushing up on some of this stuff, this modern leader, he was saying, you know, he said Bivens, he was radical, right? He was, the Lord was, hand was upon him. He said the same thing about Ariel. He wasn't like the rest of them, man. He was radical. The Lord's hand was upon him. And so that's why Bivens kind of took him under his wing, made him his disciple. And so, um, so Ariel and these two other guys, after the death of Abba Bivens, they started they're the ones uh, that started a new school. Basically, they basically they changed the name of the school, the School of Torah, to uh, the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. There at One West Harlem, that stands for I S U P K. I S U P K. Let me see here. Where is it at? Da, da, da. Yeah, the the Israelite school of universal practical knowledge. Now that that's that's like still one of the one that they consider themselves the original One West group because they were, and so really after that time 
over the next several years is when they really, because they didn't agree on everything. You're not going to agree on every little deal. So they broke off into many camps, all under one West. Um, but the ISUPK was the original. And they still consider themselves, even within the Hebrew Israelites, even within the one West, they are so radical, they consider themselves the only true Israelites. But you got all these other groups that splintered off this group. So they believe all the other sects have apostatized? I, I'm not for sure exactly how, you know, but I just know I've heard them say, no, we're the only true ones. So it's it's hard to tell, man. It's it's really hard to follow some of this stuff. And I think they, they still think that that any any African American, as far as you know, from his dad's lineage, is an Israelite, but they're just not in the truth. Like the the ISUPK is the only ones teaching all the truth. But we'll, and so so off of that come all these other camps. I know of at least like three or four in Oklahoma City that are one west. Uh, the group that, that Shiloh's met them, that Hezekiah came out of, Carl's seen them. Yeah, I'm going to mention them. That's the other one. Right. So the so the group the group we deal with there's a, there's a camp in Oklahoma City in Tulsa they're, but their their little group's called the Sons of Jacob and they are one west they're one west they act just like this all the teachings are like this there's another group actually the first group I ever saw in Oklahoma City standing in front of the theater was 11 years ago they're the ones in purple used to always come down by the theater I don't know if they still do they're they're called the IUIC they're actually the largest Hebrew Israelite group in the world. And they're very, they're very uh, organized. They have lots of money. Um, it's not all just a bunch of young, crazy... I mean, there's like grown policemen in this. Um, there's, there's getting to be more and more pro-athletes in this movement, especially like the IUIC. Some of you basketball fans, you remember Amari Stoudemire? He's a Hebrew Israelite. There's one, oh gosh, he just he went from the Nets to the Mavericks. What's mm-hmm. his name? The crazy guy, gosh. Oh yeah. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. I think he's a Hebrew. He's 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 definitely getting involved in it. Yeah. There's yeah. a guy. There's a guy who used to play for OU. Is that why people are yeah, calling him out for anti-Semitism? There's a guy that used to play for OU, power forward. I don't remember his name. What year? It, it's it's been the last ten years. He's he's one of the leaders in IUIC down out of like. Mississippi. Yeah. Lecrae. 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 Oh, Lecrae's. I wouldn't be surprised it ends up being one. I wouldn't be surprised either. Because, you know, Lecrae, the Christian rapper, he, he was recorded, yeah, right, he was recorded at the Super Bowl last year, a year ago, standing in front of the, a really radical group called Sakari. And they were just spouting their usual Hebrew-Israelite doctrine. He's like, great work, guys. Something along those lines. And I think it was like, just like, he's coming here. Is he? Yeah, he's coming here to Crossroads Church. Yeah. yeah, I just saw it on Facebook for some strange reason. Yeah, and hey, and before I go any further, guys, what? so what, because I don't know if I've got it in my notes, what's the appeal to this? Well, you think about everything going on in our culture, it's, it's just, it's fanned the flames. Mm-hmm. So these groups are really growing. And so I heard, I heard, you know, one of my sources, Chris Williams, K-Dub, I listened to him several years ago. Did a teaching at his church, and I remember them asking or him answering that question. What's the appeal to this stuff? Well, you think about your. First of all, these men are unregenerate. They don't. They're not born again, obviously. And you think about a young man 
young black African-American gentleman who maybe feels, you know, just through things he's heard, they feel oppressed. They feel like they've been handed a... a, a yeah, unfair hand. And then all along, you're out in the streets. Okay, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but most of these men have come from some kind of Christian background, meaning they grew up in church, but there a lot of them grew up in these health and wealth prosperity gospels. So even they knew that this stuff wasn't true. And then they grew up with all this racial tension. And then you're walking down the street or, or seeing them on YouTube. YouTube is their main deal how they get their word out and on the streets. And they, all of a sudden they come across these, 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 these black masculine, most of them are very masculine men, who are preaching, quote, with very much authority that they know God's Word, and all of a sudden they're being told, you're the true people of God. And God hates the white man. And on and on and on. They get sucked in, and there's, belo- there's a sense of belonging there. But I've heard that they meet like up to five times a week for Bible study. And you can tell, these guys know their stuff. And so, there's a sense of belonging, kind of like a gang. <laughs> Fellowship. Sorry, I literally just whispered that in Shiloh's ear. What, like what? a gang thing. Yes. I don't like a gang. So, but just think, guys. You're like, oh, man. Think, and think what it does to an unconverted man, the pride. Wow, I'm special and the most high. That's what they call him. The most high's eyes. And God hates the white man. And, and, and it's okay to hate the white man because God hates the white man. It's okay to be racist because God is racist. That's the very things that they say. Do they have their own Bible? The 1611 King James. Although most of them, it's not even the actual 1611. And the Apocrypha. Don't use the Bible on your iPad because that's not the right Bible. Show. Right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, 1611 King James. Okay. And the Apocrypha? Yes. I remember well, that. Hezekiah, Hezekiah one time even, he was shouting to the crowd, 1611, that's the first English Bible. It's actually not. If you go back to study, there's some Bibles. You know, starting with um, um, we, yeah, Geneva Bible. But even you know the uh, uh, what's the name, guys? We studied in church history. Yeah, Wycliffe. Translated the English Bible. That was in 13. Right. So anyway, even that that's not even a true statement. They use the apocrypha. They use the apocrypha. The apocrypha is very Israelite friendly as far as history. So yeah, they'll they'll they've told me we're. <laughs> We're sola scriptura. I read, and then I was like, "What about that red book you got in your hands?" Well, oh, I remember that. I remember like the last time I dealt with him at Thunder Game, he was he was using the apocryph- apocrypha. It threw me off. I didn't know that they used that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "What? What, you, right. what is that?" So, what groups use the apocrypha? Is that the One West group, or is that like overall? I I think overall, brother. I think overall, but the One West group, I know. Um. So, so I'll mention the King James and the sixteen eleven King James, right. <laughs> which like I said, which has an interesting spelling, right? Could which 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 I don't know if any of them actually use a sixteen eleven, <laughs> but anyway, that's. Uh, so, so but I'll, I'll mention it, huh? What would they say about like the, something that's as far back as the Abrahamic covenant, where all nations will be earth will be blessed through them, through 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 Israel, mm. you know. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll get to that next time, but I will. I'll, I'll just mention it. So when the so when the so when the Israelites were dispersed all over the world, so so really, I mean, it's and we'll, we'll mention more about it. I say, well, yeah, these nations are going to be blessed because because Israelites are in them countries. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That happened to me. I yeah. was like, what? <laughs> Just think of this, guys. Oh, man. Just think of this. I'm so What is our... Yes. Exactly. No, think of this. Guys, here, if you want to... Kind of like a summary of what they teach. They're like, if you want to call it a hermeneutic. So you think of our hermeneutic, guys. Really, what does the whole Bible point to? Who does the whole Bible point to? Christ. Christ. And their their hermeneutic, the whole Bible is about Israelites. So just keep that in mind. Everything is about being an Israelite. It really comes down, this is for our last session, but it really doesn't even come down to keeping the law to be saved. It's are you an Israelite? It's really salvation by it's really salvation by who your father is. Yeah. It really is when it comes down to it. Because they can be the most wicked, vile people. But my dad was an Israelite, so I'm good. That's really what it comes down to. Now they're going to talk about law keeping and all this stuff. But it really comes down because if you're it's it's your lineage through your father's side. <laughs> Shiloh. And so Shiloh, got, we have a real life Hebrew Israelite in here. Because as we'll get to, it's not just the blacks, it's Native Americans and Hispanics too. Don't save, save. Don't save. Anyway, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But I think all those things are important. So when you guys ask questions, it's actually helpful. And our sons I, there's, no way I've written, there's no way I've written everything down here. <laughs> yeah, your son. Yeah, Rachel's not. So they don't know they don't you're totally no, they do. They do, but they have their own rules of interpretation. Basically, if it fit, if it fits them, it's good. If not, nah. they'll they'll say things like, "Yeah, James went off there," or "Paul, he went off there." I think you're golden. I'm not. If if they're teaching, if if like if like James or Paul, whoever the writer is, contradicts what they say, they'll say, "Yeah, he went off there." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk about that more. About what it means, like. There's all kinds of examples of Gentiles being saved, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's, it's really irrational. But it's still good to be aware of all this. Because guys, I have I wanted to say this. Hold on just a second, Shallow. This, this is one of the reasons why are we doing this. Because as irrational as this stuff is, and when you're dealing with them, guys, it's irrational. But I have heard many, many stories of guys being saved out of this and now who are actually reformed apologists fighting the good fight of faith. Mm. Leaders of this stuff being saved. Wonderful. I've seen, I've probably shared with most of you, if not all of you, I haven't, I haven't personally seen somebody, you know, I haven't dealt with them that much, but I saw the guy the first year I was preaching to him, Hezekiah in that group, and I saw the guy, one of his partners, humbled at the Gospel. Just preaching the gospel, and he's nodding his head as I'm preaching. You know, I can tell he's nodding his head at certain points. And and so I called him out and said, Hey, man, you hear what I'm saying? God can save you. He can set you. can come out of this. Hezekiah rebuked him for listening to me, but I never saw the guy back with him. So, I don't know if the guy got saved him, but I do knew Vocab Malone's had multitudes of people on the show who used to be leaders of these camps and um, who got saved, opened their eyes, right? The gospel is the power of God and salvation. Mm-hmm. For a Pharisee like Saul, they're mod- guys. They, they are modern day Pharisees, in large part. So God can save these guys, and then use them mightily to reach reach others in their group. So that so the ISUPK, they consider themselves again not that because you're an Israelite by birth, 
You don't have to be a part of this group. And we'll talk about more. That's their mission is to awaken their people. Shiloh is an Israelite, whether he's in 116 Bible Church or not. So Shiloh will inherit the kingdom and will be his slaves. I guess that's without Romans where it says... Oh, they throw out. Born. They throw a lot of stuff out, James. Yeah. <laughs> Paul went off. Paul went off. Paul, no, seriously. Paul went off. The apostles went off. We're the true. They basically place themselves above the apostles. Yeah, they blame you. They blame you for deceiving each other. Yeah, they blame you. Yeah. I guess this I've heard is them say it. a question we're probably going to get to later mm-hmm. on. But if they're out there preaching, mm-hmm. who like you, why? There's no point. Yeah, I'll get. I'll get to that. But I, but I will say it. I mentioned it briefly. Um, so so what they're doing? Because I used to ask the same thing. Even when I was, I was like, "What's your point? What are you doing here? I have good news. What's your good news?" Yeah. I learned it over the years. What their good news is. What, so what they're doing out there? They're the and, and and we'll get more to that. I'll go in more depth. But so they're the true people of God, the Israelites. But they forgot their identity. And so so those who have been awakened. Are out there on the street, on the streets, to awaken others to your true identity. Don't you know? Don't you know who you are? So that's really what they're doing. That's that's the point. Why they're at. is that what you're asking, Kelsey? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, like only people with the certain ethnicities, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they so they're out there people. racistly. Right. Exactly. To certain people. Like so if you're if, if you're a white man, there's no good news for you out there. We're Chinese, right? Chi- uh, yeah, Oriental. Uh, Asians, Asians. Asians are the Moabites, by the way. Asians are not. Asians, they hate, yeah, the Asians are Moabites. Or the, or the Edomites. Yeah, and I'm not going to be able to tell you what everybody in the world, what group they're at, but we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this 12 tribe chart. That they made up. Matter of fact, I'm about to get to that. Oh. We keep jumping ahead. So, so guys, no, no. So listen, listen. It's okay. I'll try to answer those. But as we go through three to four lessons, these questions will be answered. And at the end, I like you know if you have any other questions. And and I and I will say, guys, I'm not an expert on this, but I know more than most because I've dealt with them. <laughs> and so I used to spend all day in my truck listening to this stuff. So Josiah, do you have a question? Might be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but if someone has, you know, a black parent and then a white parent, where do they stand with that? It's the father, right? Yeah, if so it, it has to be the father. Has to be the father. Matter of fact, matter of fact, again, matter of fact, this is the reason why it's so important, guys. They counsel the IUIC, for example, counsels. They counsel. They counsel their men if you're married to an Edomite to divorce them. So there are families that are broken up, destroyed because of this stuff. That's really sad. Yeah. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Rocky, I totally forgot. We, both of you are... <laughs> you forgot. We've been saying that this we, whole time. That's right. Yeah, it's oh, not gonna, I am deceiving. I am deceiving three of you guys into thinking into thinking that your hope is in Christ. Guys, I'm sorry, but your hope's not in your lineage. Explain some of these jokes on the recording. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, so so those for those who aren't here, we have. We have three Native Americans in our presence, <laughs> and they are uh, their hope is in Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, so the ISUPK, so so guys like the IUIC. Another reason why it's important to do this, the IUIC, the guys in purple, very large group here in Oklahoma City. When we went to the Gay Pride 
event parade last year. Our good brother in Christ, Hunter, the police officer, he called us that morning and said, hey man, the Hebrew Israelites are out here. I said, what color are they in? Purple. He said, there's probably 40 or 50 of them. The first time I saw them, there's like 12. So they're, and they're literally very, they're very, mili- very militant. The IUIC guys, they'll have gatherings. They've done it in Memphis. We're like, they'll have a thousand of these men marching in the streets, in line, like a military. It's very, it can be very intimidating. Obviously, like, if you know they're built on. Like I went, I was hanging out in Bricktown with friends, and I actually watched them like arrive yes. to their spot where right. they were marching in formation right. and chanting. Yep. And, yeah. It was, yep. Yeah. What was the definitely intimidating? I, that group is the IUIC. I-U-I-C. I- Israel United in Christ is if what they're. See, but they're the biggest group in the world, and they're very again if you very. See a guy in a purple shirt with gold text on it. It's probably exactly. One of them. Um, so they IUIC guys, they send out missionaries, what they call missionaries, to a lot of the like the the countries in Africa. To awaken their people, guys, and it's growing exponentially. Hmm. Awaken their people to their true identity. We'll talk more about that, where that came from, whether it's true, all these type of things. So yeah, that group's here in Oklahoma City as well as a few others. Um, so Ariel, right? Bivens' disciple. Mm-hmm. He was he was very radical as well. He introduced several teachings. He was the one, guys. He introduced some teachings that came from a vision. A vision from who? An angel. It all. <laughs> this would have been. Yeah, this would have been. He had this vision, according to my sources, when he was around eighteen or nineteen years old. When he was when he was under Abba Bivens, Ariel had this vision from an angel. I heard that it was in a bar. <laughs> That's what I heard before. I didn't have that written down, but I'd heard it one time. I'd heard it one time that the guy had a vision in the bar from an angel. But anyway, Angel Gabriel, by the way, same angel that same angel that appeared to Muhammad. Did he appear to John Smith also? No, that was uh, Angel Moroni. But think about this, guys. Think about the enemy here. The angel Gabriel appeared to Moses or, or to Muhammad, supposedly, gives him these teachings. But then he appears to this guy and gives him these, and they contradict one another. And so you can just see that just the error and all of it. That same angel, different teaching. Where we know the angel appeared to. Uh, we've been looking at in Luke. To uh, it's like not only is it Zacharias to to uh, the gospel, but also to the previous message that exactly. the same angel gave. Exactly. So it just contradicts. That's, but that's what false teaching contradicts not only the truth, but each it contradicts itself with all these groups supposedly coming from the same angel. So, <laughs> Carl, Carl, I'm, I'm thinking like you know. You're trying to figure it out. Like, no, I'm just thinking like you know, if like a fallen angel actually did appear to them, I could see that totally being a tactic. Absolutely, that demons would use his body, absolutely, giving different messages to mm-hmm. just according to their absolutely. In the Book of Revelation, you know? yeah. we were told <clears throat> verbatim, even if. An angel appears to you yeah. claiming to be Galatians one actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. But yeah, that teaching there. An angel from heaven. An angel appeared to Joseph Smith. An angel appeared to uh, a few of the other groups as well. But anyway. Um so Okay, so so one of the teachings, one of the 
One of the main teachings that came out of this was what they call the 12 tribes chart that Ariel, that Ariel said he got from this angel. It's called the 12 tribes chart. You'll see, they'll carry this on, the, on their little poster boards out there. It's called the 12 tribes chart. They'd be like, what are you? <laughs> so, um, and I think it may have been this long period of time, or along the same period of time, where they, where they said the K- 1611 KJV is the, like that is the <laughs> truth and nothing else. But that's it. But this this 12 tribe chart, guys, I got it written down on the back here. So this is the 12 tribe chart that they will have on their little board. Okay, we're not going to spend much time here, but just to give you an idea, the tribe of Judah. That's the American blacks. That's who makes up the tribe of Judah. Of course, they get to be Judah, you know, because that's the tribe that Messiah comes from. Yahawashai. By the way, that's how they pronounce the name. You, can you quote? Can you say their chant? I forgot. Sorry, I missed what you just said. What did you just say? Uh, Judah, American, the tribe of Judah. That's Judah. the American blacks. As a matter of fact, I watch a video of IUIC. They're up, they're located up there, uh, Martin Luther King, just west just west of Martin Luther King on Northeast Twenty Third. And I was watching one of their YouTube videos. And I said, "Yeah, we're out here." They was by their by their place with it. Yeah, we're out here in the heart of Judah. How long does their family have to have been in America for them to yeah, be considered that's, yeah, that's a very black? Fair question. Well, we're, we'll get to that. <laughs> probably, probably no, we'll get to that, guys. We're going to get to that. Maybe it's descendants of slaves. We're going to get to that, absolutely. Okay. That's, that's the, that's the foundation The foundation of their beliefs, guys, is the, is the yeah. trans-Atlantic slave trade. Okay. Didn't you guys know Deuteronomy talked about that? Deuteronomy, yeah. Deuteronomy. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> Benjamin is the West Indy black, Indian blacks. Levi is the Haitians. Ephraim, Puerto Ricans, Manasseh, the Cubans, Simeon, Dominicans. So all these are actually Israelites. So they have their chart out there in the streets. Zebulun, uh, Guatemala to Panama, the Mayans, Gad, Native American Indians. <laughs> so Reuben, Reuben is the Seminole Indians. Now, guys, I'm not. We're not going to go in depth. This okay, Asher, Colombia. To uh, to U- U- Uruguay? Uruguay. Uruguay, Uruguay yeah. Issachar's Mexican. Aztecs. I'll mention that here in a minute as an example. <laughs> Naphtali is Argen- Argentina, Chile. So the. Okay, okay. Guys, let me move on. Let me move on. So many questions. Let me move on. Because I don't have answers for everything, guys. Trust me, they they interpret they, they, they change things on the fly. Really, I'm serious. But listen to this, guys. There's a guy named Nafti Ben er, Naftali Ben Naftali. He's got a YouTube video out. I've watched it several times. He's a, now he's an older guy, but he was alive back when Bivens was alive. He spent time with him as a, when he was a young guy. He so he's now like a uh, kind of like a teacher and a historian within the Hebrew Israelite movement. And there's a video you can you can watch where he's like, "Oh yeah, I was with I was with Bivens and some other guys that really got this thing started." And so, so Ariah bought this brought this teaching from this vision that he had of this twelve tribes chart. And Bivens, he wasn't really too keen on that. Okay, so this vision happened before Bivens. Before he died, so so Ariah brought it into the school. But they, 
they they would teach it. Bivens, they taught it when they were out in the streets. But this guy said he had a conversation with Bivens, and Bivens admitted, we know that 12 tribe starts not true, but we use it to hook them. We use it to hook them. So I just went back and watched that video the other day. But after Bivens died, okay, um, Ariel kind of took the lead, and that's when he began to, he and the and the whole One West movement began to teach this as truth, like this. And so they still teach it. Now the, there are some groups out there who don't even agree with it. Um, but but the twelve tribes start. That's just one of the things you'll see out there, and you're like, what in the world? Well, I just got to remember they got he got it from a vision. So do they ask you like who your father is? Somebody like Shiloh, they will. Like, What's next? So they'll be like. Sir, yes, yes. Ask your father, What's your nationality? And then they'll say you are the true. Right. So they won't just say. Now, if me or you walk by, heads. you're a devil. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll tell you that. White devil. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that, guys, that's not even a. It's not even a term of. Um, of. Uh, it's a theological term. They think when the Bible speaks about the devil, it is the white man. <laughs> not an actual devil. Yeah, I mean the devil. The devil in scripture is the white man. Okay. So it's like. Because used to, they would call me. They'd see me walking from afar. Here comes the white devil. You could hear them screaming. Here comes that white devil. And so it really, it, but literally, they think you really are the devil. It's anyway. But that's. But but remember, what did the guy say? Bivens, man, the Lord was upon him. He understood who the white man was. They'll say the so-called white man, or the so-called black man. Um, so-called white man is the Edomite, the devil. So-called black man is the Israelite. So-called Asian is the Moabite. So-called Jesus is Yahawashai. Angela, I saw you squint your eyes. Yahawashai, that's another one of the visions. In his vision, he gave him he gave him this his own version of Hebrew, and it's called Lashawan Kadash. Lashawan Kadash. It's supposedly a form of Hebrew. And so, like the name of Jesus. And so in this in this Hebrew. All the vowels except A are taken out, so everything is ah, ah. Like God's name is Yah. The Messiah's name is Yahawashah. <laughs> I mean, but you'll hear them using that term, and that's what that, it's this, it's this Lashawan Kadash. This, and, and so guys that know Hebrew, they, you can hear them. So there's <laughs> <stuff is> fake. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was going to say, I remember the first time I ran into him, Kelsey, that's what they asked me. He's like, what's your nationality? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm a Christian. And he was like, that's not the question I asked you. So, and then, yeah, anyways, went to talk to them and I pulled out my Bible and they were like, you with Brady? <laughs> yeah. So that's what they asked somebody that, that looks like them, that they think, you know, Hispanic, Native American, uh, African American. They're going to say, what's your nationality? And, and was it from your dad or mom's side? So if, you can have somebody out there. You can have somebody out there who's a who's a. Let's just think of a a, a light skinned African American. So yeah, my, my mom's African American. My my dad's white. Oh, you're an Edomite, and there's no hope for you. There's literally no hope for. You. Now we're going to talk about what salvation even means if they believe in hell and all these things in the future. Because their salvation it means nothing like what we think of salvation being saved from your sin from hell. Huh? Salvation identification with right. There's basically salvation, guys. When Christ, when Yahweh comes back, their idea of salvation or the roles are going to be reversed. 
We're going to be slaves to them in chains. Hey, don't quote Romans 9 to you. Yeah. So we'll kind of wrap that up at the very end, how you can refute that, how Paul refuted that. And so we'll finish up here in just a second, guys. Uh, as far as this introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also had Ariel. This wasn't part. I don't think this was a part of his vision that he had from the angel, but just, or maybe it was. I, I had a hard time finding when he came up with this. But he had. He's the one that sanctioned this teaching. He predicted, and they would and they would teach out on the streets during the 80s and the 90s that Yahushai was coming back in the year 2000 to destroy all the Edomites. That was basically going to be the end, you know. And he's going to do it through nuclear war. All this, of course, that didn't happen. We know what the Bible says, right? Deuteronomy about a false prophet. <laughs> somebody, yeah, I mean, if somebody predicts something and it doesn't happen, he's a false prophet. Right, right. Well, you know what they say about that, guys? Well, Jonah missed it as well. Remember when he prophesied God was going to judge Nineveh, but then he had mercy upon him. Well, Jonah missed it as well. Well, but we know God ended up. He ended. He did end up judging. Mercy on the white man. Years later. Right. So that's just another. They do have a failed 200 year 2000 prophecy. Obviously, false prophets. And guys, like I said, we're going to really get into their teaching. My question. Sorry. We're going to really get into their teaching next time. Okay, and really, we're going to look at a lot of scripture. We're going to spend time and I think that, yeah, Deuteronomy. And so just, just to finish today, God. Guys, with just a few what I call just kind of random beliefs they hold to off the top of my mind in case we don't cover them. Um, well, one was they, they hold to the Apocrypha, um, which is just really odd. But anyway, um, I've already mentioned this, that One West is based in Harlem. Non-One West is based in Chicago. They're just not as extreme. For example, they say Gentiles can be saved in the kingdom. In other words, so they won't necessarily be slaves under Israelites. They can be saved, but they just, but they still have to be taught by the Israelites, in a sense. So again, heaven and hell is not even. It's not what we think of heaven and hell. It's just they do believe in a thousand-year kingdom where they're again they're going we're going to be their slaves. But the, but this non-one West, they're just not as they're just not as radical. They're not as hateful. So the guy who appeared on Coltish wasn't one of Yes, yeah, he the guy so he goes to Apology of Church now. Oscar Dunlap. He they had him on Coltish a few years ago, his conversion. He was saved out of a non one West group. That's why I say it was a very good podcast, but I was like, it really doesn't represent what we're dealing with out in the streets. Mm-hmm. I remember telling Shiloh that. He's and he would tell you that too. He he was saved but talk about a guy, I mean he was saved, now he's out in the streets all the time. You know, and obviously the gospel is the power of God and salvation, but just in a practical sense, those guys are not going to listen to me as well as they would another black man, you know, because they basically say that book's not for you. So this book, the Bible, it's not even for me, so they, just, they ignore what I say, but obviously we know the power's in the Word, not me anyway. Matt's story is, it's, remember Matt Davis? Yeah, hey, let, let me hey, let me let me finish this. Yeah, okay. So and then you can tell the group. Oh, so we'll turn this off. I have another question too. Okay. Maybe. So they they revise history, guys. This is just this is just something they do. I'm not going to go in. I don't even know much past what I'm saying, but they they revise history. For example, they say Christopher Columbus used the apocrypha to find the lost tribes in America. 
Just just something out there. They say they say King James was black. That's what Shadow was telling me. King James from Scotland was black. Do you know why the Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages? <laughs> oh my goodness. Because the blacks were reigning. Yeah, it's no, no joke. Yeah. These are just. <laughs> okay, that's one. That's one. That they're restructuring our history. It's probably okay. Now, guys, we'll hey, and we'll close with this. I want to give you an example of how they. There was also the, the big Muslim, you know, con- conquering that was, you know, far from the Dark Ages. So here's the last thing I'll say today, guys. So this is just an example of how they use the twelve tribes chart, how they come to interpret what group is which. So in Genesis uh, 49. Verses 14 and 15. Come back here real quick. We're going to close. I went a little longer than I thought, but I, I got to finish this today. It's okay. Genesis 49, verses 14 and 15. So Issachar, remember Issachar on the 12 tribe chart, that's Mexicans. It says Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between the sheepfolds when he saw when he saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear burdens and became a slave at forced became a slave at forced labor. They say, "Don't you know? Don't you know that the, that the the Mexicans like taking siestas?" <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I'm serious. Yeah, that's what they'll say. They're literally that's how they they'll interpret these verses. And 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 Mexicans who became you know they became a slave of forced labor. So that's got to be the Mexicans. So, so there, there's an example of how they they say, "See." Mexicans are, that's a scar. It's just, I mean, that's the way they handle Scripture. And they do that with all of Scripture. I'll try to point that out more as we go along. But yeah, it is. It's laughable. But it's like these, these Hispanic boys, just think about a Hispanic going down the street. Maybe you got a little religious background, but you're not a Christian. You hear these guys saying, all of a sudden, man, you're like, wow, I'm special. And then you get sucked into this stuff, and you're in a cult. And so it's, it's, really, it's really unfortunate, but that is, they, they, they told me, guys, well, We'll talk about context, why context matters. And Hezekiah flat out told me, we don't believe in context. I was like, I can tell you don't believe in context. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. We'll uh, pick it up next time, guys. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 68. Dig into that because that is their go-to passage. Deuteronomy 28, chapter 28, verses 15 through 68. Verse 68 is their John 3.16. We'll look at it next time.